Washington football team fans, welcome back to another episode of the Bleeding BNG podcast, episode 31. We're back with another fire episode. I don't know why my mood is so high because we're doing a recap after Washington got marched on. They got marched on. Oh, and the Saints come marching in. The Saints came on and marched in FedEx last Sunday to the tune of 33-22 beating of the hands of the Washington football team. Guys, um, yeah, this is this is we have a lot to talk about in today's episode. And we're not even going to talk about just the game. We're not even only going to touch the game. And this is one of the reasons why I'm actually pushing out this episode on Tuesday. So, you know, we give you a timestamp for every episode just to keep you relevant, you know, keep you knowing what we're speaking on and things like that. So this is about 7.30 on Tuesday, um, 7.30 p.m. on Tuesday. And I wanted to wait um, for my recap, um, one, because I was ticked off. After, the, after, you know, our loss to the New Orleans Saints, uh, you know, I spent another Sunday in FedEx Field where, you know, the stadium was damn near half black, you know. And I'm leaving out the stadium mad and realizing that there are about 10 to 1 Saints fans are watching the football team fans. And we were leaving the stadium. We were leaving the stands early. I left early. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I left early. So we're not even going to give you a recap after, uh, after anything that happened after the Alvin Kamara's last touchdown. I don't even know how many he had. Like, it, it was too many to count. Because I left after that point. But like I said, the Washington football team got marched on from the new, by the New Orleans Saints to the tune of 33-22. And it was, it was bad. It was bad. And like I told you, we're going to have a lot to touch on. Um, but first, we're going to touch on the game. Um, as we always do, we're going to give you the offensive breakdown first. And it wasn't a lot to... To harp on Taylor Heineke played horrible. Taylor Heineke played horrible, and this is one of the reasons why you know us at Bleeding BNG we were hesitant to jump on the bandwagon. We'll admit that he played amazing throughout the first couple of games of the season in his first couple of appearances. But against the two best defenses that he's played, and not even a great defense in the New Orleans Saints defense, he has failed. To, he's come up short both times, literally and figuratively. He's come up short. His stat line reads as 20, 20 out of 41 for 248 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. That's not going to get the job done. That's not going to get the job done, especially when you have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And there were some things that, you know, the stat line doesn't show that showed me that Taylor, it doesn't have what it takes to be, you know, our franchise quarterback going, going through in the future, you know. We're still in the quest for quarterback X. We're still in the quest for quarterback X. I know a lot of you guys think, hi, Nikki. No, it, it, it's, if this week didn't show you, I don't know what will. He's not the guy. He's not the answer. Great story for right now, but he's not that guy. He's not that guy at all. And the reason that I said that is just like I said, there's some things that the stat line didn't show. The arm strength is not there. The arm strength is not there at all, at all. Tyler Pennington, Taylor Pennington, because that boy has a wet noodle arm. That boy has a wet noodle arm. And all this talk from his college coach and, you know, a lot of us in the Washington football team community, we hyped it up. That he was a 5 read quarterback. Well, what's the, what's the point of being a 5 read quarterback if you're going to be late on every read? Well, you have to extend the play. And I know we love it. I know we love his play style, the helter-skelter play, the backyard football. I'm going to tell you, there's a, there's a reason why we love it. Because it reminds us of how we used to play back in the day. There's a reason why we're not in the NFL, guys. 
And there's a reason why this guy hasn't been a, a, a starting quarterback and he's been in the league since 2015. Taylor didn't get the job done. Taylor did not get the job done at all. And I'm talking about, like I said, the arm strength wasn't there. He's late on reads to Terry McLaurin. He's late on reads to everybody else. He's keying in on Terry McLaurin and missing guys running wide open down the field. Missing guys running wide open down the field. And this isn't the first game. We can remember he missed a couple of guys in the New York Giants game. And yes, our defense sucks. But the way that we can respond to a bomb is by having a bomb ourselves. But apparently we can't hit any because we got a wet noodle arm quarterback behind center. And no, it's not me being flip-flop because like I told you guys from Richmond, Taylor looked bad. He looked bad. And I'm seeing a lot of the remnants that I saw in Richmond. Late on reads. Trying to extend every play. Trying to use his legs to make every play. No. 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 That wasn't good quarterback play. And I don't care who, who wants to debate me because I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I have game pass. We can watch the all 22 together. I was in the stadium. You probably watched it from a TV copy. Not to say that I'm better than you by any means. But I saw what I saw. You're not about to convince me otherwise. Like some of you guys are trying to do on social media. Terry McLaurin's stat line read four receptions for 46 yards. You got people on social media thinking Marshawn Lattimore, who's a damn good player and a damn good corner, strapped Terry McLaurin, and that was not the case. Terry McLaurin very well should have had 80 to 100 yards in that game and did what we expected Terry McLaurin to do week in and week out. Let's talk about the late ball on the sidelines that Terry McLaurin almost made a spectacular catch on. That's about 15 yards right there. And he's up to, what, 55? And he was late to him on many throws, many throws. I can remember the skinny post, which I think is in the third quarter. Marshawn Lattimore got up, stunting, doing the, doing the handcuffs and things like that. Boy, you was burnt. You was burnt. You was burnt. You're lucky the quarterback has the arm strength of me. Like, it, it was bad. It was bad. And I know exactly what I saw on, on, on Sunday, and that was a good quarterback play. At all. At all. For just as many points as we put up, I can't really think of any big plays that we have that hasn't been miracle plays by Terry McLaurin or J.D. McKissick. And I'm talking about specifically in air yards and things like that. Yeah, Terry caught a, a, a bomb, a couple bombs in the Atlanta game. But like I told you, I'm a realist. It was against Atlanta. They suck. And it was Terry McLaurin who made the plays. Taylor had a good ball on the first touchdown, even though I also thought that was a lollipop ball. And the reason that I think he throws a lot of these balls with no velocity, the man's a midget, bro. The man's a midget, bro. And I can't blame him. I can't blame him, but this is another reason why he's not a starting NFL quarterback. You got to do my height trying to throw over Eric Flowers. Hell yeah, I got to put air under the ball. Come be thrown into Eric Flowers' back. I mean, throwing Brandon Scherf's back. Chase Rullier's back. And I'm seeing this week in and week out. The interception that occurred to Samuel was unacceptable. But guess what? It's just another example of his weak arm. First of all, you're throwing a fade ball to Curtis Samuel against a 6-2 corner. Who actually jumps, unlike our defensive backs. But I'll get on them later. You're throwing a fade ball to Curtis Samuel. First of all, dude has a groin injury. 
That was Dude's last play that he played in the game. How are you expecting him to jump with a, a groin injury that he's only practiced two times in, 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 this year? He's practiced twice this calendar year. And you're throwing him yellow fade balls like he's Randy Moss or Calvin Johnson. And then you're throwing it in the inside corner of the end zone. That ball is supposed to be up and away. First of all, that ball wasn't supposed to be thrown. Curtis Samuel isn't Cam Sims. And Curtis Samuel is clearly not 100%. He played about five snaps on Sunday and had to come out. And what are we doing with him? What are we doing with him? What are we doing with him? Because huh? if he's going to give me like two, three plays a game, we might as well just sit his, his behind. Because I'm trying not to cuss in this episode. But these guys have me ticked off. We need to start monetizing these videos. So I'm trying not to curse. I'm trying not to curse. But what are we doing with what are we doing with Curtis Curtis Samuel? Like if he can't go, he can't go. And I didn't even think he looked explosive in his one positive play in this game. The end around the reverse for about eight yards. He didn't look explosive. He read his blocks correctly, showing some of that running back background that he has. But he didn't look like the four three four Curtis Samuel that we know and love. At all. At all. I'm not surprised if he tweaked it on that play. Because he was moving pretty gingerly. Surprised he came back in. If he can't go, he can't go. We just got to chalk it up. We just got to chalk it up for this season. Nothing else is going well for my offseason acquisitions. Jamin Davis is trash. Ron Fitzpatrick hasn't played since week one. Just chalk it up. Just chalk it up. Just chalk it up. Like, I'm, Antonio Gibson, I, I, I give my all to Antonio Gibson, but he's clearly not 100%. And the reason that I give it to him because 20 yards for 60 carries. Antonio Gibson, I think he's ninth in the NFL in rushing yards to this point, and he's been running the ball well all season. All season. Now we're here, and he got a stress fracture in his lower leg, and it's evident. It's evident if you go into the games. He's not in as, in as many plays. And speaking of that, if Antonio Gibson isn't in as many plays, where the hell was J.D. McKissick on Sunday? Where the hell was J.D. McKissick on Sunday? The guy that was number one on ESP and top ten, the guy that gave an interview, the most interviews that he's seen in a week in his life, and we decided not to use him, act like he's non-existent the next week. What is up with us? What is up with us? Scott Turner has called a pretty good offensive scheme up to this point. Sunday was garbage. Why is Taylor, why is Taylor Heineke throwing the ball 41 times? Like, he wasn't setting the world on fire. I love how you, I did like how you got creative with DeAndre Carter in the run, but guys, there's no, in no world should DeAndre Carter, who I love, should be our leading receiver. Sunday felt like 2020 all over again. Terry and a bunch of guys. Terry McLaurin and a bunch of guys. Terry and the Pips. Curtis Samuel on I mean, Curtis Samuel can't play after five snaps. Cam Sims not playing. Deami Brown not playing. It was Terry and the Pips on Sunday. So how much did we really expect from a quarterback with a wet noodle, Terry and the Pips, minus Logan Thomas? And it showed. It showed. We were outclassed on Sunday. We were outclassed. 
And a part of the reason why I think Terry, I mean, Taylor is so late on his reads is because he's locking in on Terry McLaurin because he knows he's the only guy. He's locking in on Terry McLaurin and bypassing other open receivers. But we don't know if they're going to make a catch. This guy was on the practice squad last week. Antonio Gandhi go to get jammed up at the line like he's never ran a route before. I do think that the defense, I mean, the offensive line had one of their not so great showings this season, and they've been a pretty solid unit, damn near elite. But they did allow some pressure. They did allow some pressure. We weren't very good in the run game, as I mentioned. Antonio Gibson only had three yards per carry, but I, I, I think that's a game where you keep letting your offensive line impose their will, especially when your quarterback doesn't have it. Especially, especially. And then when your defenses are when your defenses is giving up big play after big play, you need to stay on the field. You need to stay on the field. Why are we not? And, and, and I hate to think that you know guys in the NFL aren't thinking like that, but it, why aren't we doing it? It didn't take me two days to think of this. I was saying this in the stadium. What's that? This is a game where you run the ball. It was nasty on Sunday. Yeah, I know it didn't look like it. When Jameis went up top on our defense, that's because our defense sucks. It was gray and nasty early Sunday. Impose your will. I love the fact that you got Jerry Patterson involved. Shout out to our guy, friend of the show. But, like, what are we doing? Is there, is there a rule that says you can only lose two running backs in the game plan? Because where the hell is J.D. McKissick? It's like either or. Jared, JD, Jared, JD. When you're when you're lacking weapons on the outside, you have to be as creative as possible, Scott. What don't you understand about that? Cam Jordan was whipping Cosby's butt. I th- I did like how Cosby responded in the run game on a couple plays, but he was looking rough against Cam Jordan in pass protection. But I'm not going to harp too much on the offensive line. This is probably their worst out of the season. And they've been a rather solid group up until this point. So, like I said, I'm not going to hop on them too much. The defense. I, I, I told y'all last week I didn't have any words for y'all. I told y'all that last week. Y'all, y'all suck. Y'all suck. I'm sorry if it's seeming redundant, but the defense getting torched week after week after week, allowing the biggest plays in the NFL is becoming redundant. Let me tell you a story. Like I told you guys, I'm at the game every Sunday. And, you know, I'm a season ticket holder. Nobody around me is season ticket holders, though. So, you know, I see, you know, a good cycle of fans coming in and out throughout the, you know, first three home games of the season. Became really good friends with um, a gentleman that was at the game this weekend. Um, you know, we were chatting up. You know, he was, he, was, he, was, he was cheering for the Washington football team, and his buddy was cheering for the Saints. So, you know, we were having good banter, good trash talk and things like that. And um, he was actually going in halftime. Uh, maybe maybe at the two minute warning he was actually going he was actually asking did I want a bear he was going to go up did I want a bear um, and I lied to you not I said bro don't don't leave don't leave don't leave don't and I think this is where Washington still had the ball and I don't know why the Washington football team community is acting so shocked about the hell Mary we did the same thing last week we did the same exact thing last week with Cordell Patterson scored with a couple seconds before the clock. We give it to you any which way, like a like like a prostitute. The Washington defense gives it up any which way. Hey, Daddy, how you like it? 
Like that, 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 that's Landon Collins right now. Like what, what's what's going on? All right, I don't even think it's the scheme at this point. Like I told you, if we keep going on week after week after week, it's a fundamental issue. And I think one of the fundamental issues is we got guys playing on the field that don't belong in the NFL field. One of the names I just mentioned, Landon Collins, does not belong anywhere on the NFL field. He is washed. He is washed up. I cannot believe this is a guy that has made an all-pro team. Injuries have gotten the best of him. He's looked like he's put his weight on. Remember I mentioned how lean he was in training camp? He looks like a stubby linebacker that can't play in the back end right now. And guess what? He can't play linebacker because he can't tackle. So where are you going to put him? He got mollywopped by Taysom Hill. He was a beast. But this is Landon Collins, University of Alabama stud. He does not. He is so washed up. He is so washed up. And doesn't belong on the NFL field at this point. I, I, I pray that this is his last season in Washington. And it's crazy to think that one of Dan Snyder's greatest moves was to not allow Landon Collins to wear Sean Taylor's jersey. The foresight in that one, Dan. The foresight in that one, Dan. Oh, my God. It, it, it's bad. It's bad. We got we got John Boston, who, who's the worst linebacker in the NFL. He's out. So we're like, okay, we got our linebacker that we drafted with the 19th pick. You know, we didn't bother trading up for any of these rookie quarterbacks. You know, even though we don't have a quarterback, we didn't bother trading up for any of these rookie potential franchise leading quarterbacks. We draft Damon Davis. Bro plays 12 snaps. He played 12 more snaps than me. He played one more drive than me. You got replacement practice squad level linebackers playing before him. Like, what, what, what is going on? This is a guy that could run stride for stride with Kyle Pitts in college. Now we can't do nothing. What, what, that's got to be coaching. That's got to be. That's got to be. And I know there's bust year in and year out. Like I told you guys earlier in the year, I didn't think that Jamin Davis was a downhill linebacker. So why are we putting him at middle linebacker? That's a fundamental issue. The culture is damn bad right now. The culture is damn bad. Because guess what? My boy who said that, my boy who said that, Brucifer, his name is popping up in the news. And guess what? That means little old Washington football team is popping up in the news with all the fiascos surrounding John Gruden. But I'm not even going to touch on that. Not even going to touch on that. Because guess what? The culture hasn't changed. The culture has not changed. We've been, we've been looking for good defense since Greg Williams. The reality is we played a bunch of bad quarterbacks last season. And we were fortunate that Dak Prescott got hurt. Because we suck. We suck. We suck. We got William Jackson, one of the best man cover corners in the NFL, playing cover three all game. And then we're going to put him in man on the goal line with trips to the short side. And then Ron Rivera comes out today like, yeah, we could have we we caught a better play on that one. What? What? We've been clamoring for... Coaching staff to let the DBs play press man to play up on the receivers, and then you do it with eight seconds left in the first half to allow a Hail Murray. But then go right back to playing a soft zone. What? What? 
It is fundamental issues wrong with this organization right now. And they fooled a lot of us. They did. They did. I'm not letting you guys get off the hook. Yeah, a lot of you guys were still pessimistic, but there were a lot of guys that drank the Kool-Aid like me. Oh, Chase Young. Oh, Montez Sweat. Oh, Jonathan Allen. Speaking of Chase Young, great move on your one sack. Great move. Great move. But there's still a lot of football left, my guy. It was an amazing move. A move I haven't really seen you use a lot. The speed, the power, beating the guy to the edge, then using the ball rush. Instead of that little stutter, <laughs> the little stutter step that you're doing to the ball rush, great move. Let's put that together in other plays, though. Something that I saw from Chase Young last year is that when he made an impact play, he continued to build off that. I didn't see that on Sunday. By no means did he play bad, but I didn't see him getting chipped a lot. And to be honest, and if I'm really being honest, it may be hard to believe because it's coming from the interior. There's one Washington football team player that really gets chipped on a consistent basis, and it's Jonathan Allen. I lie to you not. Look at how many running back checkdowns are in the middle of the field against the Washington football team, and that's because they have to occupy Jonathan Allen first. The reason I'm talking about the D-line, we already knew the linebackers were trash. The D-line actually played one of their best games of the season. And guess what? Guess what? And this is why I, I, I really don't know what, what it is. I really don't know. We're allowing all these deep bombs. Jameis Winston completed 200. He completed 15 passes for 279 yards. That's down there, 19 yards a pass. And we wasted the one good, good game Kendall Fuller probably have all season. What the hell were we doing on that Hail Mary? What were like, did, like, I, did, did, I, did we have a bet going on? No, I lied to you not. I lied to you not. This is exactly what it looked like in the huddle. It looked like they said, yo, yo, I bet you that if they throw a Hail Mary, you're not going to jump. That's probably, and, I, and, and, and knowing, knowing the jokester that he can be, it's probably Cam Curl. It's probably Cam Curl. Then Landon was like, nah, bro, nah, bro. I, I bet I don't jump. I bet I don't jump. Then Bobby McCain was like, bro, if you're not going to jump, I'm not going to jump then. Then St. Jude, you know, he probably put his little French accent on it. Vuvuzwa, vuvuzwa. If you're not going to jump, then I'm not going to jump then. Because it looked like everybody just agreed to not jump. Like, what's going on? And then Kendall Fuller was probably like, bro, I'm going to jump. Because y'all are tweaking right now. And look at the play. Landon Fuller, Landon Collins just pushed Kendall Fuller in the back. He's like, I bet your ass ain't going to jump now. Like, this is a joke. And like I told you guys after week one, this roster is flawed. When you have practice squad linebackers playing before your 19th pick, this roster is flawed. When you have to run a bunch of zone. And make your prize free agent acquisition cornerback look bad? That means the roster is flawed. Because guess what? He's the only one that can play, man. Quad is kept. We're allowing Landon Collins to stay in the field. And then your best safety in Cam Curl is getting the least amount of snaps? That's not even a roster issue. That's a coaching issue. 
And then we got to deal with all this Sunday. We have to deal with all this on Sunday. And then we got to deal with Coach Rivera's sassiness. Coach Rivera, I love your story, bro. I love your backstory. I love the courage that you showed, the perseverance that you showed last year, bro. But you feel that's a lot of bullshit this year. I'm sorry. I know I tried. I know I said I wasn't trying to curse. But, like, what I've heard these last couple of days is a joke. First of all, we played a good game except for two plays. If if ifs were fifths, my boy, if ifs were fifths, we'd all be drunk. Like, what is up with this? Is, this is the same talk that we got from Jack Del Rio in the Buffalo game where you know, if, you take, if you take away a couple penalties, I don't think that Cole Holcomb pushed off. This is the same talk that they're spewing. Our coaches are relying on excuses. Fundamental issue. But the culture is changing, right? But the culture is changing, right? Week in and week out. We're talking about maturity with players. But these are the players you pick because you're the GM, my boy. It ain't no power struggle in that room. You got all the power, Ron. The honeymoon is over, Ron. There's a lot of fundamental issues still with this organization. Today he's talking about, well, you know, what, I, I, I kind of wish we didn't win a division at 7-9 and nine because that created high expectations. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh, what bad fans to have expectations for a playoff team to make the playoffs the following year. What? You saw? I'm trying to be respectful. I'm trying to be respectful. I'm trying to be respectful. Then you're getting sassy and snappy with everybody in the press conferences. Didn't I tell y'all in week one? I told y'all about them in week one. Go back and listen to that episode if you don't know what I'm referring to. I told y'all. And it's... it's Guess what? Some of the things that we've been talking about since the preseason are coming to fruition. They'll never admit that. Coach Rivera's in the press conference. I think it was Nikki Giambala asking about, you know, taking over play calling. And dude, oh, you're really going to go there. Yes! Yes! We have the second worst defense in the NFL? Yes! I'm sick and tired of Coach Rivera. Guys, 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 guys. Okay, oh, whoa, 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 you're really going to go there. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. This isn't Charlotte, bro. This isn't Charlotte. And guess what? This isn't even a tough media. But you're not about to act like we dumb. You're not about to act like we dumb. Because guess what? You know what is dumb? The mistakes that your defensive backs make every single week. But you keep talking about two plays, two points. Two plays. The hell Murray... And a 70-yard touchdown that you give up every week. Two plays. Two plays. You give up an explosive play every week, but you want to keep talking about two plays. And forget that. Let's talk about this week. Did I not see Alvin Kamara cha-cha slide in the end zone after Bobby McCain was playing two-hand touch with him? Jamin, don't look at Jamin Davis on that play. What what was he doing? Bro can't track the ball to save his life. This is about Alvin Kamara just chopping style in our end zone because Bobby McCain want to play two-hand touch like a Saturday morning football. There's a reason why the Dolphins let him go, bro. Y'all see now? Y'all see now? I was definitely really sold on the Bobby McCain hype because there had to be a reason why a good defense like the Dolphins last year let him go. 
I know they brought in Jamal Highland. But you just don't let good players go. But guess what? He's not a good player. And we're seeing this. And he wants to come back and spaz on the media. Like, what? what, what? You worried about the wrong things, my boy. How about you spaz on a receiver that's running by you for an ADR post? How about you spaz on a running back? How about you spaz on top of a running back? Instead of playing wipe me down with Alvin Kamara. You wipe that boy down on his way to the end zone. What is up with you? This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. Like I told you, this is a fundamental issue. Because that's what I've heard in the press conferences over the last couple of days. Oh, we're a developmental team. We're a developmental team. So why'd you go get Ryan Fitzpatrick? You thought you were close. You thought you were close. If we're developing, why would we go get Ryan Fitzpatrick? Why not get one of these young quarterbacks? Or why not get an honest British quarterback? Why go get Ryan Fitzpatrick if we think we're developing? Just be honest with us. Just be honest with us. That's all I ask. Because if I can't get that, the filter will be off the rest of the season. This is getting ridiculous. We're very close to not having meaningful football in November. And those are the worst type of football seasons. But we are damn close. And guess what? Patrick Mahomes is coming into town. What the hell? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, right after. What I tell you guys last week, we're in Washington get rights. We're the WGRs. Come to Washington when you want to get right. If your team's in a funk, come play the Washington football team. They'll get you right. That's the, that's the new slogan. That's the new slogan for the Washington Get Rights. Washington Get Rights, WGR 2022. I've found the name, guys. I found the name. Having slow offensive performances. Quarterback not living up to the hype. Running back having a slow start to the year. Come play the Washington football team. They'll get you right. And with that being said, guys, this is another episode of the Bleeding BNG podcast. Because I'm not going to save any more breath for this team. We're coming with a preview of the Kansas City Chiefs game, which I expect to be a shellacking. Um... But if you enjoyed this episode, you can see our passion, guys. We're really passionate about this team. And they let us down year after year after year. But guess what? It don't stop. It don't stop. We're going to keep pushing this content out. We're going to keep giving it to you how we give it to you raw, uncut, and unfiltered over on the BNG, Bleeding BNG Podcast. Excuse me. If you're not following our social media pages, follow us on our Instagram. That's at B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G-B-N-G. Follow us on our Twitter. Smelling a tad bit different. That's at B-L-E-E-D-I-N-B-N-G. And then subscribe to our YouTube page, guys. Please like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube page. That's Bleeding B-N-G. You can search Bleeding Burgundy and Gold. Or you can search my name, Jalen Morgan, on YouTube. Thank you guys for tuning in. We're going to have a preview episode coming out shortly, so make sure you're tapped into that. And guess what, guys? Please review. Please review. Please rate. Please review. 
please rate and please just, you know, give us all the love on all podcast platforms, specifically Spotify and Apple Podcasts where you guys can review and, you know, um, rate and things like that because we're trying to finesse these algorithms, guys. When, when you're looking for Washington football team content and you're looking for it raw, uncut, and unfiltered, we're trying to bring Bleeding B&G to that number one spot. So, guys, if you love this episode, please subscribe, please rate, please review, and I'll tap in with you guys later. Peace.